630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. 3-1 Los Angeles leading Toronto. That's with about six minutes left in the second period. Also, Capitals up 3-2 on the Sabres. That's early in the third. Third period just underway in New York. The Rangers, even though they're being outshot 29-15 by the Panthers, lead the game 4-1. If the Rangers can hang on to this 4-1 lead, they would hand the Panthers their first regulation time loss of the season. The Panthers are 10-0-1 to this point. Monday night football early in the second quarter. Steelers up 14-0 on the Bears. We got hockey uh, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, as the Oilers head out on a five-game road trip. They flew to Detroit today. They play there tomorrow at 5.30. Our face-off show on 6.30, Chad, will start at 4. And we'll uh, check in with Bob Stoffer a little bit later on, who, of course, has traveled with the Oilers to Detroit. He joins us every week here on Inside Sports. He is powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Reading yourself? Well, I'm doing very well. It's an exciting time for the Oilers here with a record of 9-1. and one. And I don't know if you have uh, access uh, to a lot of hockey highlights in the job you do for a living, but uh... <laughs> maybe just a smidge. <laughs> maybe just a just a smidge. I, I mean, I I am going to estimate I've seen the goal about seventy times. That's probably a low number for a lot of Edmontonians. <laughs> did you Did you get to see it live, or tell us about how you experienced it first of all? Well, first of all, I have no idea which goal you're talking about, Reed. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Just <laughs> Kelly, Kelly's not sure. The Connor McDavid goal against the Rangers, Kelly. Oh, just, just to remind you. Yeah, um, I did not see that live. Uh, I where I was in the air that night, um, and I just saw highlights later that night. Uh, but uh, I can tell you that. Uh, I think I was alerted to it maybe in my car to the hotel and there was something it might have even been like the headline something uh, by far the goal of the year already and it will probably stand as that and you could probably make the case that that'll be one of the greatest goals of all time. Um, and so, yeah, it was uh, as advertised. Uh, I remember watching it for the first time and al- almost a little bit in disbelief. Um, so I think that you know, when we kind of break it down to a certain degree, I don't know if you saw our show on Saturday, Reed. Uh, we talked about it in the first intermission, and I made the point that to a certain degree, now it's a bit of an exaggeration too, that dry sidle, that pick on Kevin Rooney, that gave maybe a, a, a little bit of the blue line away. Now, you know, you could you could easily throw that argument in my face and say that was like a second or two before or uh, McDavid even got to the blue line, so it may have not had any sig- significant role. But nonetheless, I mean, it was just phenomenal. And I even talked about well, Truba and Patrick Nemeth were the defensemen, uh, and it was so amazing to me because when I started watching it. I was like, okay, for sure he caught Nemeth. He was the last defenseman that he ultimate beat last. And and I thought for sure he probably caught him in a crossover. 
And and I, I look back and it wasn't the case. Like Nemeth didn't cross his feet at all because that typically for great players, that is one of the easiest ways to, to get a defenseman. Um, and uh, it's a really hard move for amateurs like you and I, Reed, when we play shinny. But for the really great players, they know... Uh, they they know exactly when to do that. It, it, it kind of reminds me going back to McDavid on Morgan Riley a couple of years ago, where one of the most spectacular goals too. But that was a setup. He he knew Morgan Riley was going to start to cross over. My point being, that's why I think this one's even more special because Nemeth uh, wasn't crossing over. He had good body position, and McDavid just used a ridiculously high skill level to beat all four guys and then beat the goaltender. It was just a, a remarkable goal. I think also what stands out to me, Reed, his confidence after the game and his presser and that he he kind of admitted, well, and we haven't heard this sort of, I don't know, candid uh, thing from McDavid before where he, he kind of acknowledges he knows the level he's at and he is paid to go paid to score some of these spectacular goals and and that is as i said right up there that's just mind-boggling okay i want to ask you about a goaltending perspective and i'm not i'm obviously i'm not going to try to steal your thunder here but i just want to set a little bit of a framework for what i'm going to ask because because maybe this will be something you were thinking on the goal or maybe this will be the exact opposite of what was going on but i remember a few years ago, uh, Sidney Crosby scored a goal on Cam Talbot in overtime, and Crosby got in. He went around Ryan Strom, got in tight, and I remember talking to Talbot the next day, and Talbot said he should have leaned even further forward and right. tried to get his trapper closer to the puck. And I yeah. think, um, was it Campbell, McDavid? I, I, I don't even know the goalie because McDavid walked the Leafs last year as well and flipped yes. that one in. And I think that goaltender said too, that in hindsight, he should have leaned forward more. Yep. Um, so was, do you think Georgiev was trying to do that? And then the follow-up would be with a player who's so quick, like McDavid, then if he gets around you, because like Rob Brown said after the game, like he basically had no room to opt to deke yet still had an open net when he actually scored. Right. I, I totally know exactly what you're talking about. And I'd have to look at it again, re- really sto- study uh, Georgia. But uh, I think what you're trying to suggest is the moment it looked as though he's going to get past the fourth defender, make sure that you meet him right at that moment so that uh, he has very little movement, right? Like he's just basically he's stuck now. He's at the very end of what he can do, McDavid. But if you don't attack at the right time, yeah, then it allows him one more incredible uh, lateral movement. And as you said, it was an empty net. It's a hard call because when you're in that situation, I've been in that case where a spectacular goal was about to happen. I could kind of feel it. And you're like, okay, I, I'm not really sure what I'm seeing in front of me because this is highly unusual. First, he gets past the first two guys. Truba doesn't make much of an effort, and Nemeth is caught again, as I mentioned. And you're kind of like, okay, is this... I, I don't know. It's hard to explain, and you, you never want to sort of accept the inevitable, but sometimes that's kind of where your brain is going. Like, is this really happening? 
I'm confused what's happening. I'm not sure what I should be doing in this situation. And then you maybe compound the fact that you, you kind of get stuck at the same time. So I don't know if that makes sense to you or to your listeners, but there's a lot of events going on in your own head. And that may be part of the problem that that sort of uh, thinking gets you in trouble as well. I, I do like how you put that. And I like how you use the word confusing. Because uh, yeah. most goalies would think, okay, he's. I mean, I guess to be, be picky as well. If it was, it was really a one-on-two with two back checkers who were right there. So right. still, a goalie's going to think, okay, somebody's going to at the very least slash his stick and the puck will roll away from him, and then he's right on top of you. So to me, it's almost like a soccer goalie defending a penalty kick. You almost have to just guess left or right. Yeah, and that's exactly right, Reed. So when you think about why those thoughts might enter your head so if you're if you're a goaltender it doesn't matter which one we're talking about you've been in situations where it's been a two-on-one i don't know if by the time you get to national hockey league you've been in that situation 500,000 times or something like that you've been in a three-on-one 200,000 times again ballpark how many times in your, your entire career or life i mean have you ever watched a player go one on four and still get a scoring chance. That's why it's so confusing, right? You, you've literally maybe never had that situation or this might be one of the first or it might be the fourth time ever in your life that you face this situation. So of course your mind has all these, it's racing, it's got all these different thoughts. It's, you know, and so that adds to the confusion where you're going, I just, I, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm seeing in front of me I know I haven't been here before, and I'm not sure what I need to do. Yeah, I, I love how you put that. Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on Inside Sports as we talk about Connor McDavid's spectacular goal from Friday night against the Rangers. It was it was interesting slash fun just to see the reaction of the four other guys on the ice, and even McDavid's reaction. I mean, you referenced how kind of blunt he was in his post-game availability but he also rarely celebrates a goal to that extent he knew he knew and and i love the fact that he kind of celebrated his own his own for a little bit then he allowed everybody to come greet him and the last guy was dry and i thought that was kind of uh uh really fitting that uh, everybody knew it everybody that watched that whether they were live or on television and to see the conclusion and the celebration was uh not as special as the goal because that'd be an exaggeration, but it's pretty cool as well. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I haven't seen any video and you never think to look down, would have been neat to see what Koskinen was doing. And you would have been in that position as a goalie, right? You'd actually don't, they might come back and tap your hand 20 seconds later, but you don't get to jump in with everybody. Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, The one thing I would maybe say is that he, he recognized he witnessed greatness but probably because they just tied the game and he knew that there was still time remaining. What, I think 2.56 left? 2.59, yep. 2.59, yeah, on the clock. So your mind can't get ahead of itself and go, oh, what a great goal. I'm going to sort of celebrate with the guys. And, you know, you have to stay in the moment. And that's one of the lousy things about a goaltender. When something special has happened for your team and you've witnessed it and you feel the emotion of it, you can't allow yourself to go down that road. You, you can maybe, after Drysdale scored in overtime, then that's a an emotional rush that uh, you get at the time. But 
uh, and then you can look back at the McDavid goal. But in in that moment, there's no time for like a, uh, go pat him on the pads or something. You've got to stay right yeah. to focused. Okay, uh, I, I, I want to do some fun with you here. The Oilers players had their Halloween party yesterday, so of course the, the pictures yeah. get posted online, and even the Oilers accounts put some up. Yessi Pugliarvi actually dressed up as a Bison King, which I, which I think was awesome. He's just totally embracing it. I don't know how serious or not serious or how into it some of your teams got into Halloween uh, in your playing days, but were there Halloween parties? And if so, do you have a memorable costume? Okay, when we are in New York, we did have uh, parties, but they were pretty lame. You know, we had... <laughs> Very lousy uh, costumes, and not a lot of effort was put into it. Uh, we had a lot of fun, mind you, but <laughs> um, it wasn't until we went to LA and then people started to, you know, put more effort into it. And I know Don and I, I can't remember, I think we went to a costume shop and we got what we thought were going to be pretty cool costumes. And, and I can't remember what it was, Reed, but it might have been like a doctor and a nurse, but they were pretty. I thought pretty well done and we're pretty proud of ourselves. We show up at the uh, party. In fact, it was at uh, Wayne and Janet's place in Beverly Hills. And uh, then they come in and blow everybody out of the water. Like it's totally unfair how they show up. So they're friends with everybody big in Hollywood, right? So Wayne is wearing Michael Keaton's Batman outfit from when Michael Keaton was uh, played that character, and Janet had Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. The actual uh, costumes from the movies. Yes, <laughs> the actual one. And all of us are like, we're, we show up and we think we've done a wonderful job and put a lot of effort, spent a little bit of money on it, and they have to have like maybe the two famous, most famous costumes of the time, and they're wearing them at our party. So that was unfair, if you ask me. No, nobody should have that ability to just slaughter all of us in terms of the the, the costume that they're wearing. Wow, that is a That's great story. story. That's a true story. That is ridiculous. That is amazing. Okay. Well, Kelly, have a great week. Thanks for your perspective on the McDavid goal, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, take care, Reed. Have a great night. That is Kelly Rudy. Man, what a story. Wayne and Janet, Batman and Catwoman. Kelly Rudy, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Stoffers coming up. It's 19 after 7. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Of course, we have uh, Oilers games coming up Tuesday, 
Thursday and Friday this week. The Elks start that stretch of three road games in seven days, Saturday afternoon at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Edmonton, uh, big event coming up, uh, events coming up for Edmonton Friday and Tuesday with the Canadian men's soccer team. Going to be playing just down the street from my house at Commonwealth Stadium against Costa Rica and Mexico as they continue their World Cup qualifying. So we have uh, a lot to talk about, a lot of fun stuff going on in the world of sports. Of course, I'm always happy to hear from you on the hotline powered by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. I can tell you that some not great news for the Oilers. Devin Shore going to be out four to six weeks with a lower body injury. Dave Tippett announced that yesterday. So... You have Devin Shore placed on injured reserve, and you have Ryan McLeod called up from the farm team. Ryan, of course, has been playing with the uh, Bakersfield Condors after uh, being with the Oilers for training camp. A lot of high hopes for McLeod so far with the Condors. He has five points, one goal in seven games uh, with Bakersfield, and he is minus one. So we'll see if he gets in, into the lineup tomorrow. The Oilers did not practice today, just a, just a day to fly to Detroit to get ready for tomorrow night's game. And the Oilers, don't forget, I mean, they've, they've been a good road team. You go back to last season, they've won 10 in a row away from home and uh, 3-0 and this year. So we'll see if they can keep that going against Detroit, Boston, Buffalo, St. Louis, Winnipeg. That's going to be the trip coming up here for Edmonton. Okay. How does Bob Stoffer spend a Monday night in Detroit? Other than coming on Inside Sports. We shall ask him that. And we will delve into the place in Oilers history that Friday's game belongs. I can tell you this. I sort of canvassed some more veteran members of the Oilers media corps who spoke very highly of Friday's game. But uh, a couple of them definitely said the night Wayne Gretzky got five goals against the Philadelphia Flyers, December 30th, 1981, to get to 50 goals in 39 games. They say that night trumped Friday. We'll see what Bob thinks when we get back. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.